0: Well, today we are continuing our series called Authority Issues. And I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I had some major authority issues. Matter of fact, one time I was grounded because I didn't obey my dad, and so I, he grounded me for my car. I had a car, i drive to school every day, and I got grounded for a week of having to ride the school bus and not drive my car. Well, during that week, my dad had to go out of town. He said, look, even though I'm going out of town, you are still grounded do not drive your car. And I'm like, okay, okay, dad, I won't. I won't drive the car. And so he goes out of town for a couple of days. And, you know, I go to school on the bus. I take the bus in the morning. I take the bus home. But one afternoon, I got hungry, okay? And so I got hungry. And so I, you know, you get hungry, you go to the pantry. And I go to the pantry and I open it up. And there's, there's chips and pretzels, but I want chocolate, Okay, have you ever, or just something sweet, sugar, you know what I mean, have you ever had that moment like you go and there's food, but it's not quite what you want, I want sugar, and so then I open the fridge, see if there's any like zebra cakes or Swiss Swiss cake rolls, and I'm getting y'all hungry right now, aren't you, you're like, man, so nothing, nothing sweet, no sugar, and I'm like, man, I really want some chocolate. And so, you know what, the the gas station is, you know, just kind of down the street from my house, and I'm like, you know what, look, I'll just walk, I'll put on my shoes, I'll walk down there, no biggie, I'll go by me like a Snickers bar, and then I'll come back. And so I'm putting on my shoes, and as I'm putting on my shoes, I'm thinking about like, that's really not that short of a walk, it's kind of a long walk, and I'm like, you know what, if I just get in the car, just drive down the street, you know what I mean, just get a candy bar, come back, look, it's not going to be that big of a deal, okay, and so my dad had left my keys on his dresser, and so I go and, and now my dad's one of those people. He pays attention to details, okay? Like if those keys are like off by a millimeter, he will notice it. So I look very carefully. I look to see how the keys are positioned on there. Make sure I got it in my mind, and so I take the keys off. I then I go into the the, the garage and I look and I see how close to the front of the the, the wall the car is. I look on the side, so I, I got to park it exactly the same way. You got to make it all perfectly right. So I think I got the keys, the car. So hop in the car, drive down the street to the gas station, buy my Snickers bar, come back to the house, eat it. It was awesome. All right. And so I'm, I'm, you know, at home that night and I'm, you know, watching some TV and my dad comes home and he's like, hey, how how were your days? Oh, it was good. How was your trip, dad? He was like, it went really well. And of course, first question out of his mouth, did you drive the car? And the first words out of my mouth, nope. Nope, Dad, I took the school bus to school, and I took the bus back home. I did not drive the car. And he's like, okay. And so I hear him go, like, into his room, and I know what he's doing. He's checking the keys on the dresser, you know what I mean? And he comes out, doesn't say nothing. I'm like, ching. You know, and then he goes into the garage, you know, and I know he's checking stuff in there. And uh, then he comes back in, and he's like, I thought you said you didn't drive the car. And I'm like, huh? Because you know, huh, always gives you, like, an extra couple split seconds to, like, think of what you're going to say, huh? You heard me. I thought you said you didn't drive the car. I was like, well, I I didn't. What are you talking about? And I'm, I'm like, man, I measured it out. And he said, Christopher, before I left, I looked at the mileage marker. The three was just barely coming up. The three is almost gone. I'm like, busted. Like I, there's no comeback at that point. Put my head down. He's like, that's it. You're grounded for a whole month. A month? No car for the entire month. I'm like, man, like a whole month. I have a car. I could be driving to school, meeting friends, all this stuff. And I got to ride the big yellow Twinkie for a whole month. People laughing at me, make fun. They're like, who are you? <laughs> Chris, I normally drive to school and I rebelled against my dad's authority. And the result of that rebellion was I got grounded for a whole month from having my car. There, there are results and there are consequences of rebellion. And I want to talk to you about those today. The results of rebellion. If you weren't here last week, Pastor Herbert did an illustration with the umbrella. This umbrella represents the authorities in our life. The authorities that God has put in our lives. And when we are under the umbrella, we are protected. doesn't matter what kind of rain, hail, or any of that comes down. We're protected by submitting to the authorities that He has put in our lives. But if we choose to rebel against the authorities that He has put in our lives, we, we step out from underneath the umbrella. And now if it's raining or hailing, we are being pelted, we are getting drenched, we are soaking wet, our clothes are getting messed up, shoes getting messed up, jeans getting messed up, hair getting messed up. Like I know some of you ladies, you don't play when it comes to your hair. Like no joke, a couple of weeks ago I was at Walmart and it was like torrential downpour and this lady comes running back in, she's like, I need another Walmart sack. And so they give her one and she runs out, I'm thinking her groceries had fell out, uh-uh, she put that bad boy on her head. I was like, see I, I can't relate to that, you know what I mean, like I just do not get messed up too much. There's not a whole lot there. And, and here's the deal. This umbrella, it represents that authority. And when we're under it, there's protection, there's provision. But when we rebel and we step out from underneath it, there are going to be results. And, and, and so I want to share with you what some of those results are. So four results of rebelling against authority. I want to share with you four results of rebelling against authority. The first result of rebelling against authority is we get punished, okay? One of the results of rebelling against authority is we get punished. Look at Romans chapter 13 verse 4. The Bible says the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. God has given people authority, and when we rebel against that authority, He has given them the authority to punish us, and so a result of rebelling is is getting punished. About two months ago, I was driving into work on, uh, it was during rush hour, and I was at one of those intersections where it's a four-way stop, and so there were cars backed up and you know, trying to get up, slowly creeping up, trying to get to the stop sign. Well, as I'm sitting there, I look in my rearview mirror and I notice there's a a police officer right behind me and I don't have my seatbelt on, okay? And so at this moment, two thoughts run through my mind. The first thought is, okay, I need to put my seatbelt on real quick, but if I do that, I may draw attention. Like he may not even be looking or paying attention, but if I do it, I'm going to draw attention. He's going to pull me over and give me a ticket. My second thought was, you know what? Let's not draw attention to the fact that my seatbelt's not on. I'll get to, I'm almost up to the stop sign. I'll, I'll make my right. And then, you know, when I'm out of his vision, I'll go ahead and put my seatbelt on and keep on driving. Okay. I chose the latter of the two. So I get up to the stop sign, make a complete stop. All right. Make my complete stop. I turn right. All right. I turn. He's out of my view. I p- put in my seatbelt. I'm driving. But then I look up in my rearview mirror and it's like, woo, woo. I'm like, man. So I pull over police officer gets out of his car he comes up to me and he says uh do you know that it's against the law to not wear your seatbelt?" and I was like yes I do and he's like all right I'm gonna have to give you a ticket and and so he's you know he's riding up the ticket so I'm waiting in my car and he comes back he hands me the ticket and I just look at him and I'm just like officer I just want to thank you you are an angel from heaven like descending upon me my authority issues my rebellion I want to thank you are a gift from God thank you so much do you want more I know it's 25 I'll give you 50 you want a hundred I'll give you a like how many of you know that's not what I said That's not what I said at all now I was respectful I said, thank you, took my ticket. But as I'm driving off, I'm like, man, this is the stupidest law. you got to be kidding me. I just got a ticket for not wearing my seatbelt. And I mean, I'm kind of upset and frustrated and thinking all this and that. And here's the deal. The law is the law. I rebelled against the law. I rebelled against authority. And so my punishment was I had to pay the consequence. I literally paid the consequence for rebelling against authority, will get punished. Kids, if you rebel against your parents and against their authority, you're going to get punished. You get grounded. You may get a spanking or a whooping. There is a difference. I've gotten some spankings, and I have gotten some whoopings. All right? You may get grounded. You may lose privileges, but you're you're, going to get punished. All right? Employees, if you rebel, you can get written up. All right? Students, when you're in school, if you rebel against authority, you're going to get punished. You may get an in-school suspension. You may get extra homework. If you're an athlete, you may get kicked off the team, or you may, you know, have to sit out a few games. I mean, even in elementary school, they put you in the corner. I lived in the corner. Like, that was like my designated spot. Come on, confession time. How many of you got put in the corner when you were in elementary school? Come on, come on, put your hands up. Yeah, I lived there. Matter of fact, one time, not only did I get put in the corner, but my teacher had a phone in her room, and she had me call my parents to tell them I just got put in the corner. That was not a good day. Some of y'all remember back in the day when you rebelled against authority, you got up, paddled. You got a whooping at school and when you got home. Two whoopings. And why, I mean, there are... We can be punished for rebelling against authority. Again, the scripture says the authorities are in our life. They're here for our own good, established by God. And if we don't submit, we rebel. A result is we will get punished, okay? The second result to rebelling against authority is we lose our position. The second result, another result for rebelling against authority is we lose our position. And we're going to look at the life of Saul, okay? Okay? And to give you some context here, God gave the prophet Samuel authority over Saul, who just became king. Samuel anointed him as king, okay? So God gave authority to the prophet Samuel to be over Saul, okay? And after Samuel had anointed Saul, he gave him some instructions. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8. It says, then go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings you must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. Samuel gave Saul very specific instructions. Go down there, wait seven days, wait till I get down there to sacrifice the offerings. Okay. Well, Scripture goes on to say that Saul's there and he's waiting. One day, two days, five days, six, seven days waiting for Samuel. Samuel has still not showed up. And in the midst of this, Saul's army, they're getting restless, okay? Because the army they're about to go in battle with, they are like moving into position. And so Saul starts to freak out a little bit. He's like, look, man, we're running out of time. Where's Samuel? I don't know where he is. My army's getting restless. And so finally Saul's like, look, I can't wait anymore. He gets the offerings. He sacrifices them. And scripture says that as soon as he's done, Samuel comes walking up on him. And Samuel's like... Saul, what? What are you doing? What have you done? And Saul's like, man, Samuel, I waited. It's been seven days. You hadn't gotten here. I was getting nervous. My army's getting restless. The other army, they're getting into position. I I just felt compelled. I needed to move forward and sacrifice these offerings so we are ready for this battle. And this is what Samuel says to him. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 through 14. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Saul rebelled against Samuel's authority. God gave Samuel the authority over Saul. He gave him specific instructions. Samuel was the authority, period, no excuses. Saul rebelled against that, and because of that, he lost his position as king. See, a result of rebelling is losing our position. Look at Satan. He lost his position in heaven. He rebelled against God's authority, and boop, he got the boot, kicked out of heaven. See, here's the deal. We won't reach our ultimate position without submission. We won't reach our ultimate position without submission. At work, if you're rebelling against authority, you can get demoted or even worse, fire. You want that promotion? You want to work your way on up? It's going to happen through submission, not rebellion. Again, we can't reach our ultimate position without submission. Submission. At school, if you rebel against authority, you can be suspended or even worse, expelled. We all have the position of being free civilians. But if we break the law and we commit a crime, we're going to lose that freedom. Locked up, smile for the camera. You know, on Channel 5 News, I mean, we will lose our position. We will lose that freedom. We won't reach our ultimate position without submission. And the same goes for spiritual leadership as well. I'm here and I, I lead the student ministry, but in leading the student ministry, it's done in submission to Pastor Herbert, his authority, and his vision for this church. Ultimately, I came here to serve and submit to him. And in doing so, I get to lead the youth ministry. And if at some point I'm like, oh, you know what, I, I know what's best, I'm going to do what I want. Pastor Herbert's like, hey, I need you to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Why not? Because I don't want to. I don't I know this better than you. Don't just let me do my thing. All right, I'll be okay. No, no, you you handle the adults. I'll handle the youth. We'll be all right, okay? Yeah, how many think that's gonna fly? (laughs) No, that causes dissension. It's rebellion. It's a sin. You know what I mean? It's causing strife. It does no good. I I am gonna lose my position. Rebellion against authority is a sin. All right, and God wants us to remove sin. And so sometimes He's gotta remove us from a position. Because we can't be trusted with that authority. And let me say this, submitting to authority halfway is not submitting. It's all or nothing. I can't say to Pastor Herbert, Pastor Herbert, okay, I'm going to handle the outreach. I got that, I got that covered. I love your vision for outreach, but discipleship, you know what, I'm going to go a different direction. I- I'm going to do what I want to do. Again, God called me to be here to be, to be the youth pastor. Uh-uh. God called me here to serve under Pastor Herbert's leadership and authority. And in doing that, I lead the youth ministry. And so I submit fully to him. Now, do do we have different opinions on things we do? And we talk them out. We'll talk. I can come share my opinions. Hey, I think this or that. And I'm thinking about doing this. And man, there are times where Pastor Herbert's like, man, that's awesome. Let's, let's go. Let's go in that direction. But there may be other times where I'm like, hey, I really want to do this. Go in this direction. And he's like, man, let me, let me help you see this. I, I don't think we should do that. I think we should go here. This is what I want you to do. And he'll explain it why. And we'll talk about it. And again, it, it's all done friendly and in love. And I'm like, you're right. Bam. Let's go. That's, that, that's what we're going to do. I submit to his authority fully and i want to help some of you with this because you may have times with bosses or coworkers where you're they're, they're they're in authority over you and you maybe have a difference of opinion and you're just like well okay yeah sure okay we're going to agree on it but then you go do other things and that's not submitting and you are risking losing some of your position and i know some of you some of you may even be thinking well you're the youth pastor you're supposed to be able to do whatever you want like that's your youth ministry and that's a rebellious spirit right there i'm there to serve underneath him Here's the thing. You want to do things your own way? That's cool. But you're going to get the slip, the pink slip. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. You want to do things your own way? See you be a bye. Terminated. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. and We have to submit. Here's the deal. You don't want to lose your position? Stay under the umbrella. Submit to the authorities that God has put over your life. When you step out from underneath that, a result is losing a position. Rebellion does not benefit us in any way, shape, or form. And so another, another result is losing our position. That's what happened to Saul. God gave Samuel the authority. Saul rebelled against it and he lost his position as king over Israel. The third result to rebelling against authority is we miss God-given opportunities. The third result to rebelling against authority is we miss God-given opportunities. Let's look back to Saul here. Saul was kicked out of his position, but he missed out. Not only was he kicked out of his position, but he missed out on a God-given opportunity. 1 Samuel 13, uh, verse 13, we just read this. Again, Samuel rebukes him. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. If Saul would have submitted to Samuel's authority, he would have kept his position as king over Israel forever. See, it was God's intention that Saul be king over Israel forever. And forever means not only until he died, but then after he died, his son... Was going to become king. And then after his son died. His son's son was going to become king. God wanted to establish him. And his lineage as king. Over Israel forever. And Saul. Missed out on a huge. God given. Opportunity. Because he rebelled. Against authority. See we can't be over. Until we learn to be under. We can't be over until we learn to be under. You want raises, you want promotions, you want leniency, you want grace, learn to be under. We can't be over until we learn to be under. And here's the thing, one rebellious act can take away an opportunity that has taken years to work towards. One rebellious act can take away an opportunity that has taken years to work towards. Rebellion, again, it does not benefit us in any way. The results are very damaging. And another result is we miss God-given opportunities. When I was youth pastor in Columbus, Ohio, I was youth pastor full-time, but I picked up a little part-time job at Donato's Pizza. If you've ever had it, it's amazing. If you haven't had it, you go out that direction. You've got to try some Donato's. So I went to Donato's, and I, I was just an employee. And the manager there, she was twenty-one years old, and almost like everybody rebelled against her. She was young. She also, you know, she could be rude and mean at times, and um, she was a you know partied all the time, and all this, this stuff and that. And so I mean, it was crazy. Like the teenagers, they rebelled. They didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to listen to her. You know, the grumpy old man delivery driver. He didn't want. To, he thought he should have been manager, but he delivering pizzas, and he rebelled. And you know what? All that rebellion got, got nobody anywhere. You know what I mean? If anything no raises, no promotions, no leniency, if anything, it, it got some people fired, you know, and as for me, I'm like, man, look, I'm a pastor, full-time job, white kids, you know what I mean, I'm like, I'm holy, you're a heathen, so look, don't tell me how to make no pizzas, all right, I know how to make pizzas, I'm not an idiot, you know what I mean, like, you know, not, I don't need to clean the bathroom, no, you got a little 15-year-old Johnny over here, have him go clean the bathrooms, no, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I didn't, I didn't react that way, I came in and I'm like, what do you need me to do? And I just submitted, I submitted to the authority, okay? And the crazy thing was, was there was a student that was coming to my youth ministry that was 18 years old that actually got put in as the assistant manager. So now she was over me as well, you know, she was like, and I'm like, all right, whatever, you you get this, okay, I do it and I submit it. You know what, I didn't get any raise or promotion or anything like that, but can I tell you if I ever need time off, it was no problem. Can I tell me if I ever needed a different shift? No problem. Can I tell you that not only that, I, opportunities did open up where I was able to minister when I first came on there, you know what I mean? People first meet a pastor sometimes they don 't know what to think like they like, like if you 're there they won 't do bad stuff they 'll like go around the corner and do bad stuff. You know what I mean like if I see it they 're going to be struck with lightning or something i don 't know i can 't I can't figure it out but I was able to build relationships with these people, invite them to church, tell them about Jesus, and I was given that opportunity, and I believe one of the greatest ways was just simply through submitting to the authorities that that were put over me. And so, here's the deal. God is looking for those he can trust with opportunities, not those who will abuse them or do their own thing. God is going to give the opportunities to those he can trust. If you're going to abuse them, you're going to do your own thing, he's not going to give you those opportunities. We can't be over until we learn to be under. And so God's looking for humble people, submissive people, not prideful, complaining, moaning, groaning, and grumbling people. Okay? And here's the deal. God has plenty of opportunities. And those that are going to get the opportunities are those that are underneath the umbrella. Those that are submitting to the authorities that God has put over their life, they're going to be given the opportunities because God can trust them. But if you step out, you're going to miss out. Miss out on God-given opportunities. Lose God-given opportunities. All right, and so that's just a, another result of, of rebelling. And so I'd encourage you, get under the umbrella. Submit to the authorities. Don't miss out on opportunities God has for you. All right, fourth result, fourth result of rebelling against authority is we become a slave to sin. The fourth result of, uh, of rebelling to authority, another thing that happened, we rebel to authority is we can become a slave to that sin. And we're going to look back at Saul again, and we've read about his rebellion, and unfortunately that was just the beginning. Saul continued to rebel, and he went on this downward spiral to the point that he became a slave to this sin. First Samuel, chapter 15, verse 3. Again, Samuel's giving him instructions again. He says, Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Basically, Samuel made this very easy. Destroy everything when you go to war with this nation. And so Saul takes down his army. He goes, they defeat them, and he destroys everything except the king and all the good animals. He killed everybody there except he kept the king alive and he killed all of the animals except he kept some of the good animals. And so when Samuel comes up on the scene, Samuel's like, Saul, w- what have you done? And Saul had become such a slave to this sin that he was blind to it. He's like, I did, I did what God commanded me. I followed the Lord's command. I, I, took, over, I, I took over this nation. I, I, I killed them all. And Samuel's like, you killed them all? Then why do I hear sheep, cattle, and goats? You know, Saul had a moment I had. Oh, you didn't drive the car? Then why is the little three barely showing now almost gone? And even then, Saul had become such a slave to his sin that instead of owning up and apologizing, he just starts making excuses. He tries to put it on God. Well, no, I saved the best animals because I was going to give them to God as an offering. Samuel's like, that's not what, it's not the command I gave you. Well, I, he starts making up all these excuses and all this stuff, and look what Samuel says to him. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 through 23. It says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. He's saying to Saul here, you you are involved in witchcraft. You are just turning your life over to the devil and the enemy like you are blinded. You are a slave to this sin. And stubbornness as bad as, the, as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul's rebellion turned into stubborn rebellion. He was such a slave to it that he was blind to it. That he made excuses about it. He tried to argue his way out of it. A- and what we see through Saul's life is he just went on a downward spiral that... That he, he started arguing, that he became bitter. That rebellion led to Saul into a life controlled by jealousy, anger, hatred, strife, murder, and deception. That rebellion was the beginning of his life falling apart. Everything crumbling around him to the point of look what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. The Bible says, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul the saddest part. He became such a slave to the sin of rebellion, controlled his life to the point that the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul. And it says, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Saul was meant to be king, but rebellion got a hold of his life, got a grip, around his throat, and it strangled him out, to now he is this depressed, paranoid, fearful man whose life is now falling apart, doing ungodly things. Everything was falling apart. And here's the deal. Satan is crafty. Saul obeyed for the most part, but it was still that 1% that he didn't. And Satan will use that 1%. He'll do whatever he can to get us to become a slave to the sin of rebellion. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, it says, They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Rebellion controlled Saul's life, and he became a slave to it. And Satan will use that 1%, whatever percent he has, he will use that to make us a slave to Rebellion. To get us to turn our backs on God. To rob us of the blessings that, that, that God has for us. To do everything he can to hurt us and destroy us. And what happens is, is if we let rebellion become, if we let it control our lives, if we become a slave to it, we become like Saul. We get bitter. We start making excuses. We start justifying our rebellion. We, we, are, we start to harm our reputation. And what happens is everything starts to crumble around us. And we head down this downward spiral. And and here's the deal, we're exposed. We're not underneath the umbrella. We're getting pelted, we're getting drenched, destroying our life through rebellion. And and here's the deal, that's the bad news. The good news for you today and for me is that if we're struggling with this, we can get back underneath the umbrella. That God's arms are not too far away from us. That I want you to know if you've become a slave to rebellion and it's controlling your life or you are heading down that path, that it is not too late. That you may have came in with no covering, but you can leave here under the umbrella of the authority that God wants to put in your life. That you can leave here free. That you can leave here delivered. You can leave here submitting to every authority. That God has put in your life. And that is where you're going to find protection. That is where you're going to find promotion. That is where you're going to find safety. That is where you're going to find God's awesome opportunities for your life. It's under this umbrella. Submitting to the authorities that he has put in our lives. And so I pray today. If you're not under the umbrella that you would get there? What steps do you need to take to get there? What can you do to avoid some of these consequences? Being punished, losing your position, missing out on God-given opportunities. To avoid becoming a slave to a sin that can destroy your life and your relationship with God. Submit. Get under the umbrella. Let's pray. If you bow your heads and.